having a core set of values for our family, how can we ensure that we carry those things out in our family? How can we ensure that we, we impart those things to our family? We the Trust is all about helping men grow into who they have been designed to be spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Twice a month, your hosts, Eric Chang and Mario Quesada, will have deep discussions about living out of overflow in every area of our lives. Tune in, grab a journal, and connect with us as we enter the fray of manhood. Visit us on Instagram for more at We The Trust. Yeah, man, the book's really good. It's, it's like, it's just, it's, it's cool to see him have this, like, he, he, I mean, he, he, I mean, you finished it, right? I haven't finished it yet. No. Are you no. finished it yet? It's okay. There's, there's this one cool part where he's sharing about his son sitting down. He's like, Dad, why are we doing this? Like, what, like, and I, heard did, that, I heard that and part. Then, yeah. Okay. And then the whole part about this does, does John Tyson cry- read, does he read crying, the book? Dude. Does he does read he... the book? Yeah, he does. It's narrated by him. Yeah. It's like an Australian accent. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then he goes, like, Oh, like, I, I, I made up this whole thing for you. Oh man, I was like, that's all. Like, that's. Can you imagine being like, I don't know, like sixteen years old, and you're, you're, yeah, like you're just questioning everything, <laughs> and then you, and your dad's like, no, 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 like this whole thing, it's never been done. I made it up just for you. It's powerful, man. Just for you. Yeah, that was really cool. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I really admire his whole his whole thing that he he it really makes me want to mirror and do something similar, um, you know, for for my son. Yeah, man, I want to <clears throat> like I love how he just started counting down. Like when he was like ten, he's like, "It's coming, thirteen. You're gonna go into you're gonna enter into something, you know." And it it also like made him formulate everything very specifically and and build not only anticipation, but build like process through what he was going to take him through. Right. Um, yeah, man, I'm like already like thinking about stuff and like, I was, I was listening to the part where he was touch- when he took him to Australia so he could learn. Um, have you read, gotten to that part yet? Um, the part of what? Where he takes, takes him to Australia. It's part of Spain. His... Why would he take me to Spain? No, Australia. When he took him home. Oh, and- he like showed him the butcher shop and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really so, cool. I no, I think that was in New York. No, no, no. He's no, he's because he's from he's from Australia, right? So he planned this whole trip. He's like, I want to show you, I want to show you where you come from. And so he planned this whole trip to Australia. So he takes him to Australia and he yeah, he goes to the butcher shop where he he was mentored and he he uh he uh his boss his old boss happened to be there and they had actually like they were selling it they're selling it so he wasn't like he actually hit him and he was the next week i thought that that was in new york maybe i misunderstood yeah he was all he was in australia so you could you'd show him where he came from and like he was showing him how like um how and the his son was like like um kind of remarked at like how he realized like how American he was and that he really wasn't Australian. He was actually American um, on the trip and mm. that he has this whole lineage in Australia and of the man of, of his family. And he's part of a bigger picture. It was pretty powerful. It was awesome. Just yeah. I, getting, I, yeah, I finished thinking about like what I was going to do. Did you finish the book? Yeah. yeah I, I've already finished it. So, but I, I guess I misunderstood that part. Like maybe I, for some reason, I thought that he came to America when he when he went to New York. I thought he came, went to New York pretty young. No, he came. Uh, he talks about it like the book. He's like, um, he left at eighteen. So oh, okay. he left Australia at eighteen and uh, to make his way in the world. And because he he would pray and or I think it was eighteen. Maybe it was maybe it was like twenty, but he came to seminary and he came to to do all that stuff I here. See. And I thought yeah. for some reason I thought that. He worked at that butcher shop like as an older person, but I guess it was as a teen. Yeah, he worked it as a as a teen. Yeah. He also worked at a butcher shop when he got married. 
Like he was, he was, he was a butcher at Albertsons or something like that when he got married, but he was apprenticed mm. in this shop since he was like 14. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how like when you, when you look at the things that you're doing when you're younger and you don't realize what they're doing, like it's like the, the work that's being done at that time doesn't, yeah. like, it's just like, it's just a job. Like I, I, I worked at Kumon as a, as a high school senior because I wanted money. But I didn't realize that it would teach me about business and how to treat people because I was working directly for the owner of the business. And, oh. and just, I remember one of my most, like the strongest memories I have of working at Kumon has nothing to do with being at, being teaching math or English or and anything related to, you know, is Kumon in Hawaii? It's not here, but I'm, I mean, I, I'm oh, okay. familiar with it because I, I know. Okay, I don't, I don't like know a, if it's here actually, but it's basically yeah. like an after-school kids program thing. Yeah, there was there was one by my house when I was growing up that you can franchise. Yeah, so it's, it's a franchisable business, kind of like a subway of kids after-school programs, right? And I remember, I'll never forget this because uh, my boss was of like Indian descent, and um, she didn't, she doesn't eat meat, and she didn't want her sons to eat meat. And I, I have this very, like, just strong memory of we were also right next door to a subway. So the, the, the Kumon and subway are next door to each other. And he goes and gets, like, a sandwich. And he eats the whole thing. And he goes, you got a veggie sandwich, right? And he goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, he got, he got meat. <laughs> and just the memory of, like, that I think I, I remember it was just I was so stuck on, like, why'd you lie? Like, why'd you lie? And I, I think about that now as an adult, as, as, you know, he, the, the parents, the mom made him not eat meat. So, I, but I bet you he was eating meat everywhere else, except for in front of his mom. Absolutely. Yeah, everywhere else, you know, and e- even right in front of her, but just outside. Yeah. And she, you know, if, the thing is like, if you think that your son is doing, what you want him to do, why would you even ask? Exactly. Right. So sure, you know, sure he knows. Sure he knows that he's eating the meat, right? So so at this point, like you're asking just to like try to keep him on track or something. But I, I look back on that and I thought to myself, as a as a high school senior, I thought, your son is lying to you and he's eating meat because he doesn't know why it's in you haven't explained to him enough or in depth, or you haven't, you haven't poured into the why of why we don't eat meat. So therefore he sees it as this silly arbitrary task that he has to do that my mom must some, some kind of old legend stuff that my mom follows that I don't want to follow. You know, it's the, so interesting. It's, it's the disconnect of, of living out your values. Like yeah. fully. Right. And it's like hundred percent. If you're not, if you don't live out your values, if you're truly living out your values, then, then everybody knows why you do what you do. 100%. Right. Because you live out the why you live out what you do. But when you, when you just make things, um, when you just make things, uh, rules and regulations and, and, you know, I'll say quote religion, right. Because it's Mm -hmm. just a religious activity that you're just making yourself or others do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't line up with anything else in your life, yeah. Then, then it's like arbitrary, like yeah. I was thinking that she probably doesn't even know why she doesn't eat meat. Like it's just it's just what she's done all her life. She probably doesn't, you know. Yeah, I remember because she does because she probably doesn't pa- practice like deep Hinduism and she doesn't like get yeah. into that thing because she probably yeah. like moved away from that herself. Yeah, she moved here. Yeah, she so she didn't carry over like anything that's actually would have been really meaningful, important, but she took away the the traditions and cultures. I have friends that are like, um, that are Muslim and pound bacon, man. They just like, (laughs) it's like, they're like, they pound bacon, but they won't drink. Wait, can you have bacon? No. I see. You can't eat pork, right? It's very, it's it's just like, it's that part of their religion is very, you can have lamb. Very much like, yeah. It's very much like, um, 
Judaism, right? They mm-hmm. they have they they have very very strict and similar dietary like SDA people dietary regulations. Yeah, yeah. So they can't um, they can't eat pork and they can't um, the or cow, right? No, isn't anything with a hoofed hoofed foot or something like that? No. Oh, split hoof. Split hoof. Yeah. So a pig has a split hoof. A cow does not. Oh, sheesh. How does he, how does one even come to this? Well, it's like God ordained, right? <clears throat> but then they have the other side of it. They're not supposed to drink and they're not supposed to do all this other stuff. Um, and uh, so I have like, and then I have friends of the opposite. They'll, they'll, they'll drink like no matter what, but then they mm-hmm. won't eat, then they won't eat pork. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like the Bible says, like, if you're guilty of one part, then you're guilty of all of it. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. what you break. It's all the same, right? Yeah. So, I had that conversation with people before, like, where I'll meet someone and, you know, everyone's grabbing a drink. You know, like, I think we've had this conversation, like, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't drink. And people go, oh, is it for, like, religious reasons? Or I'm like, no, I, I just, I don't drink. And I think they 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 take it as like, oh he's he doesn't want to talk about it like it's a it's a it's a trigger thing. He's like oh, uh, and they usually people like they try to be respectful. Like, oh cool like, and I go no, no no don't get me wrong it's like oh it's because oh, you're healthy it's because you're healthy so you know I'm like, no no I just don't like it. And I think people like adults especially have a really hard time fathoming that. They go they go oh you don't like it. Well, yeah, I, I, it tastes terrible to me. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> Does not. I like good. ice cream, and that's not good for me. But I, I still like it. You know, like and they're like, oh, oh. I'm like, yeah, I don't like coffee either. And what? Like, what? <laughs> you don't like coffee and beer? What do you like? I go. I just don't like those two things. Like, I like ice cream and donuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually more. I'm all right on donuts. I don't even love donuts, but ice cream I do like. But I don't really have much anymore because lactose. So. Yeah, it's for the good of all others. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's funny how like that's that's culturally that's those are the things that people think about. You know, well let's let's talk about that. Like, I want to push into like not the cultural things about that, but like I want to talk about like we talked about we talked a few well last week actually we talked about um, starting to sketch and, and, and define out our, our core values for our families, for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I did have, I did have an initial talk with my wife and she was, she was already on the same page. And so we we're already like thinking and formulating through what our family values are. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty focused on what my stuff is personally. Cause I think we need to have personal stuff and then we need to have family stuff. And then we need mm-hmm. to, you know, obviously business stuff. So, um, so I did, I did, we did have that initial talk and we're going to, we're going to make that happen soon. Um, as far as like defining that for us, but Mm. what, what do you feel are some things that are paramount or the most important for us as men, as leaders in the home, as husbands to, um, ensure that our kids, our, our families live in such a way that we are living at our values. Yeah, I think, I think John Tyson did a great job of touching on this um, in the very end of the book where he, I mean, he has this challenge where he, he sums up what are, uh, what are, what are, what are your personal values and how does that tie into um, how does that tie into your, your family values, right? How's, as an extension of who you are. Um, I think, I think as I, as I think more and more about that, um, I think, I, I think there's no, like, that's a tough thing is like, when it comes down to values, they're so personal, right? And because, because they're so personal, I don't, I don't know that there is right or wrong ones but I feel like there are ones that are generally going to be more consistently. um, What's the the right word? word? Like 
they're they're going to be more consistently uh, applied across for multiple, like like more men. If that makes sense, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. for you, like for you and your family, like you have your you have your values set, right? Like, what are they? What are your what are your values again? Your yeah, ours values? are so ours are humility, integrity, generosity, hospitality, and perseverance, right? And I think I could easily take those any of those and and kind of tie it into. Um, kind of tied into the uh, uh like the the man the manhood uh t- tie in the manhood in some way you know um i i really do, I, th- I really think it depends on where, where you're at and, and what season of life you're in when it comes to because i think god, i think god challenges us in different ways um, when i was single i think my my values were similar but but different i think um i think humility was was similar, but, but, but different. Now, now the like humility is a big theme in my life, but a lot of this because I'm, I'm teaching my children to, um, to be respectful of others, to um, show empathy to others and uh, have confidence, but not be arrogant. Um, showing them that we don't, we don't tear each other down by labeling or name calling each other. Um, that's like, that. I'm, I feel like, whereas when I was in my early twenties, humility was just not being boastful. You know, it was just, it was, it was like not, it was just not being, for lack of a better word, saying it's like, it's not being a douche, right? That's like, it's oh, like my definition of the opposite of like what it means to be humil- like to have humility is to not be a douche pretty much. Yeah. Like that's in my twenties, that's like what I literally thought, you know, um, I think integ- integrity, I, I, I still think it means keeping our commitments. Um, I don't, I think I thought similarly when in, in my early twenties, when I, when I was not married yet. But I, I think integrity was more about um, more about being a certain person, like my character. And it still is. Like, don't get me wrong. It still is. But now that these are tied into family values, where it, it means a lot more about keeping commitments, which reflects character. But because we're teaching my children that, hey, it's important that we do what we say and say as we do. That's what integrity means right now. It's what we do when no one's watching, right? That's mm-hmm. it's keeping those commitments. Even when no one's watching, you know, like teaching Harper, hey, like, like, hey, what, like, why did you? Um, well, sometimes we'll ask her a question and and she'll 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 lie and like, is that the truth, Harper? And she'll say, no, Daddy. And I'll say, hey, like, how come I had to ask you if it was the truth? And she's really wrestling with those things right now. She's really wrestling with what is true and what is not the truth and what is right and what is wrong and what does it mean to, um, you know, and then I think for me, integrity right now really means keeping my commitments because when I don't keep a commitment to my kids, they let me know. Mm-hmm. They remember. They're, they're the elephant, you know. Mm-hmm. The elephant always remembers. And that is they can remember every small little thing so anytime i say oh daddy says like i promise i'll do this diana looks at me like you said it like don't forget you said it and like she 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 will question right away whether it's something that i will keep a commitment on or not you know Mm -hmm. because she doesn't want me to disappoint them and myself right um yeah so i i i I think you know though again like it goes like what what are core core characteristics of men i i you know i don't i don't know if there are ones that apply across the board um i think generosity with time money resources is important just to understand that we are stewarding and none of it really belongs to us i i really struggled with that i still struggle with it now i mean i I would consider myself relatively generous i you know i don't i don't like hoard things but I tend to question a lot whether or not I will have enough, right? Mm. So then if, if I'm always questioning, can I truly be generous, right? Um, generosity is easy when you have a lot. Um, well, I guess for me, at least it is. It's not, I know it's not for My, everyone. Yeah, I think it's a mindset thing. Like um, whether you have plenty or little. Generosity. Yeah, completely. Exactly, exactly. This is, this is, uh, my question was more, not, not, not so much like general men across the board, but 
I was, I was more asking about like, how is it that we can ensure that the values that we hold dear, and I do, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I do think there are, there are negative values. I think there are, there are values that, that are negative. I think people value things that are, are sinful and they show it. Well, values that are central? Sinful. Oh, and sinful. I, I see. I think people, I think people value things that are sinful, that, that I, I think people value things that are evil and they instill that in their children purposefully. Um, and, um, you know, whether from ignorance or, or purpose, um, they do. Um, but my question is more about like, how can we as men having a core set of values, right? For, for, and I have, I have a follow-up question, but having a core set of values for our family, how can we ensure that we carry those things out? in our family? How can we ensure that we, we impart those things to our family? Going back to your, your boss with her son, right? Like, and, and like him not eating meat, like she doesn't want him to eat meat, but she doesn't, she's never really instilled in, in him the, the reason why it's important for them as a family not to do this or that, right? Um, so he doesn't care, obviously. He does it because of her and out of respect for her in front of her. And when she's not around, he doesn't care. So I don't want a family that, 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 does, that does what we hold, what we say we hold dear in front of me and nowhere else. So how can we ensure, or what, what are things that we can do to ensure that our family values aren't just spoken, but acted upon in all ways? You know, like there, there was that moment in the book where, where um, John visits his, his son. He's talking about like, He's talking about like the, the things that, that the Tyson men do. Right. And he would, they would, he said that they would rattle off their, their core values every, every morning. Right. And he said he went to go visit him in, in college and he gave him a hug. And as he, as he embraced his son, his son like whispered in his ear, the core values, right. That, that they hold, they held dear. And he's like, he's like, it's not, it's not about like, it's about living it out and that's how you're going to impart it. Right. So like, what, what do you feel are some ways that you can, you can impart things to Harper. Right. Um, and how can we do a better job as men, as husbands, as dads? I mean, I think in a really practical way, in a really practical way right now, because our, our children are really young. So they're developing and they're learning almost everything for the first time right now. And I mean, the difference between what my son is learning at three years old versus what my daughter is learning at five or they're three and five this year is there is drastically different because they're emotionally, mentally, uh, physically in, in different, like watching Luca run. It's like, it's funny. It's like, he runs funny and I mean, he can run, which is great for his age, but I look at Harper and you can actually see like the biomechanics of how she moves and how, wow, it really um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're three or two or three, your body just will always figure out a way to survive. And, you know, like if you need to climb this thing, you will leverage the top of your head to like, you know, <laughs> balance, and then you'll figure out a way over. Right. Whereas, whereas Harper now is like, you can tell that she's trying to figure things out mechanically. What is the, not, it's like, it's not just what's most efficient, but what is right. What is right. And she's asking tons of questions about, you know, what is white, right. And what is wrong. So I think part of it is um, I think the first step is really evaluating ourselves. What, what those things mean to us, like, why, why are those things important to us? You know, if we, if we think obedience is, is, is important, well, what does that even, what does obedience truly even mean? What is true obedience? Right. And discussing like, like what, well, okay. Like if I want my, my dot, my, my kids to possess that, you know, how am I, Number one, exemplifying it. Um, do I really know what it means? And then what is the conversation that I have around with them on the topic of what obedience means? You know, I feel like it's, it, that's really what it is. I think most people, um, the scary thing is that I think most of us are afraid to raise our children. It's not, it's, it's, and it's a very, very valid fear because it's a, it's a, it's a very terrifying task. You know, it's a very, it, it, it is the, um, 
I'm, I'm really, really starting to lean into this, but it's, it is the, I believe that it's the most important work that I will do in my life is to, is to pass these things on. And how will I, how will I raise my children in a way where um, I, it's like, it's not about getting it right. It's like, it's not, if I do this and this, then I've done it right. I think more than ever, I'm questioning like my heart position and why do I feel these, these things are important? Um, you know, ultimately like a, a lot of these, you know, it's funny because I talked to a lot of my, my friends that are not believers and they don't, we have similar values, you know, and, and the argument that, and I, I don't want to get into this whole apologetics argument, but you know, a lot of, a lot of the conversation goes back to like, well, where do you think those values came from? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, like that's, that's kind of like my blind argument for, for, for like, I can always go back. It's like the banana argument, right? It's like, Oh, you ever hear the banana argument for God? It's hilarious. It's, it's like, it's the whole argument that like the banana was shaped perfectly to fit in your hand. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, just, it's so funny. Right. Um, but, you know, I think a, a lot of it, um, you know, the way that, you know, being in America and culturally, the things that we value and, and stuff like that, um, it comes from a biblical background, you know? Yeah. And so, so yeah, when I think about teaching my, my children, it's the first thing I ask myself is number one, what does it mean to me? You know, if I value obedience, love, worship, discipline, faith, strength, purpose, grit, fortitude, freedom, what are, what do those things mean to me? Am I, am I, am I sitting down every day and reflecting on those things? Right. Am I leaning, am I leaning into those things? Am I, am I, am I practicing those things? Right. If I believe it's, if I believe it's important to be strong, am I exercising every day? Right. Not just my physical body, but my, my, my mental and spiritual body too. Right. Like, am I, am I actively exercising and pressing into those things or am I just, you know, am I just in this place of, uh, I'm, I'm starting more than ever to believe that I should never like before I, 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 con I was constantly seeking out comfort of like, Oh, I just, I want to feel okay. I just want to feel okay. And I'm starting to really accept that I will never feel okay. And to, to and to, because to never feel okay is to be fully alive. The second I start to, I, I start to, you know, like, um, and that's, that's part of like the entrepreneurial journey too. Right. It's, it's, it's so up and down. And, and I noticed like when, when things are good, it's when I tend to get most comfortable, right? And then when things are not going as perfectly as they should, it's when I'm most hungry, you know, when I'm most on, you know, and, and I think the, the apathetic uh, soul is the most dangerous, um, susceptible to, to, to being poison. weak. It's poison, yeah. man. So, so, yeah, so I think that's how you start. It really starts with us. And what, is the, what does it mean to pursue those things for us personally? And then what does the expression of that look like? And then it's a conversation, man. It's, it's like, you know, I, I look at my, like my wife says all the time, she, she goes, you know, I, I notice our, our kids love you lately. They're, and she's like, it's because you're spending time with them. You know, like they, they actually, like are, they actually have sometimes pref like they're fighting over wh whose bed I lay in at night. Man, they never fought over that before. <laughs> but both of them are like, oh, daddy, you're going to lay in my bed, right? And then, her, you know, it's like, and then Luke goes, Daddy, you said you're laying in my bed. And then it's a back and forth. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel so special. Right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But before it was like both wanted mommy, you know, and it just goes to show like the intention and the effort. And it's like they, they, they savor that, you know, they savor that. And it's, it's even in those moments, you know, understand like, well, like, what is, how am I spending this time with my kids? You know, I, they just want me to lay in their bed because um, they just, they just crave that they crave that intimacy with me, you know, um, and just maybe using, using those, those opportunities to leverage um, a conversation or talk to them before, right, right before they fall asleep about the things that are important to them, you know, stuff like that. They are, they are still young, like really young. Right. And, and it's been interesting, like over the last, well, since Tati went back to work, I've been, I've, I've been, say i don't like to say this word but i've, I've been more I was, I was gonna say trying but i've been more intentional about like how i spend time with my kids how i discipline them how i talk to them I've, I've tried to be more intentional about paying attention 
to me and my response, my, my, my activity, my, my actions towards them and with them when I'm with them. And it's changed a lot of things about, um, about how, um, how we interact. Um, my little boy, Aiden's like, you know, we did this, we did this one time and, and now every day, like he wants me to, to play daddy tiger. And he's like, he's like brother tiger. Right. So he wants to play tiger's dad. And so like every day he'll ask me, Hey dad, we're going to play tigers today. And I was like, okay, dad, whenever you want, man, you know, when dad, as soon as dad's done with work, we'll play tigers, you know? And, and I get down on the floor with him and I, and I play with him and I just, we wrestle a little bit and we, and he roars and, and he's just, he just wants to be around dad. And I was, that's, it's such a joy for me to, to, to know that and to um, almost expect it now because of the, the relationship I'm building at, at three years old, I'm building this relationship with my son that I never want to be, um, not that I never want it to be different. I, I never want the, the affection to be different. I want it to grow. I want it to, you know, as, as much as it is now, I want it to grow over time and I want us to grow into different seasons. Yeah. But um, there's this, <laughs> there's this quote that haunts me and I, I forget where, I forget where it's from, but um, I think it's, I forget where it's from. Um, but the quote is, you know, one day you're going to pick your kids up and never put them and you're, you're going to pick your kids up for the last time and you'll never pick them up again. And I'm like, man, that's both a sad and, and, and wonderful thing. You know, it means that they've, there's a sign that they've grown up and there's a sign that they've, they've, they've matured beyond you assisting them in that way or, or loving on them in that way. But what a sad day it is for, for that, that loss of, of that intimacy. Right. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, challenge myself to be strong as, as strong as I can. So I can pick up my 50 year old son, just like, Toad them around, you know, when I'm whenever, whatever age I am. But um, I don't want there to be uh, a loss of intentionality. I don't want there to be a loss of affection. And I don't want there to be a loss of connection with my kids um, as they grow up. I always want to know what they're thinking why they're thinking it. Um, and I want to know how to serve them and, and love them in those moments. Um, and it does, it does start by, by really investigating what we value most and living that out. I think that was, that was the, the, the main thing that, that is for me is like, we have to live it out. Right. It's like, yeah, we do have to ask what it means to us. We do have to like investigate, like, why it's important to us. And then the expression of that, we, we have to go back to how do I express this in such a way that they know that this is, this is paramount to our existence, paramount to our relationship with Christ, paramount to us being for us, Kisados, right? Like this is what we do. This is who we are. And this is why we do what we do because we have, we have been created in such a way to live these special things out. Um, and yeah, man, I, I, I just like, I'm, as I'm working through this book and I'm, I'm almost done, but working through this book and, and just kind of like, I'm, I'm thinking about all the things that, that I think is going to be really awesome in 10 years, right. When we do this together, which is going to be rad. So I want to, I want to like, I want to take Tyson's example. I want to like and exit because I want it to be like, and whether, and whether it's like this, this thing that we build, it's like, Hey, this is, this is the, this is the trust. Um, this is the, the, we, the trust, like, like manhood, whatever, right. <laughs> the man maker, right. This is the, the program that is based on this or whatever. And, and I want to take what we know and take what we're learning and, and, and just pour it into our kids and pour it into our, our sons and, and make men. I want to make men, you know? Yeah. Just on a, also just to add to 
um, what you were saying earlier. I think on a very practical note, I, I, I think, it, you know, he, John talks about moments and then he talks about like the daily, right? And I'm, I'm totally a moments guy. I, I, I was talking to, um, um, who was I talking to about this? It might've been Phil, but I was just, I was saying how like, dude, I, I'm 1000% a, let, let's plan this epic experience, like spend a ton of money, put, pour all these resources into it and just make this memorable part. Like I'm the, I'm the one, I want to throw the big party, you know? And, and, and it be, be, me being wired that way, makes me forget about what about the everyday thing that we need to do, you know? And, and I realized I was reflecting, I was like, I need to start really small. So I bought, I bought this, this book, um, of Amazon called like the power Bible series. It's like literally a comic book. For- oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to, uh, there's another one that I saw too. I'll, when I find it, I'll, I'll send it to you, but okay. I, I just picked it up and just came in the mail yesterday. I was like, it's like, a, it's like 10 books. It's literally like short little Bible stories, but drawn in like, it looks like comics. Oh, it looks comics, really, yeah. it looks, it looks cool. It looks pretty yeah. cool. And I thought about that and I was like, man, because I, like, I don't, like my least favorite type of sermon is like expository, like type, you know, yeah, hard to read, hard to like, read, hard to. Your, your PTSD from Biola, from Biola man, it's in, it's in hard. <laughs> and I realized like, if I'm not enthusiastic about these stories, like if I'm not excited reading them myself, how are, how, how are my kids going to find this any kind of interesting? Like, you know, I, I take an example of yesterday. I took my son for his first haircut ever. I saw that. That's awesome, man. And man, I thought, and I've, and I've also been reading over this book called Power of Moments, which makes me even more one-sided on my personality, right? Like, like I love to create moments, you know, like at the summit, I gave all the coaches like these, um, Leatherman, the, the Leathermans, right? Because it represented something in my life. And then I wanted to represent the tools that they're going to have going down. And, and I, I like these kind of gestures because we might remember a lot of things, but we, we won't because your memories are limited and you're limited to the experience of how you felt. Um, and you're not gonna remember like the day and like, we'll probably learn to relearn, reframe. There's certain verbiages that we're going to remember, which is those things are great, but we're not, but what we do remember is the, the, the relics that are left behind and the experiences and how it made you feel, you know, and, and I, I'm big on that. So you know, my son getting his first haircut. Well, I remember my first haircut. I can vaguely remember it, but what I do remember like was this, I didn't like getting a haircut until I was interested in girls. And so, so let me, let me explain. So up until like eighth grade, my mom chose my haircut. It's unbelievable. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Like, even when I was like a middle schooler and I was like, I was an athlete, I was, I was, I was hooping and focused on the game. Like I would think that I would care more about how I looked, but I didn't, I just care about the game. My haircut was literally decided by my mom when it got cut, how it got cut and the style that like the style that it had, like whatever it had, it was all decided by my mom until I was like 12, 13 years old. That's a long time. That's like 10 years of my mom having lordship over my hair. And, and I think back on it, like, I remember like I went to this salon that's like down the street from where, even where I live now. And, um, it's like when you get your hair cut by like an Asian salon lady, they cut it a certain way. It's like, they wash your hair first. And then they, they like experience, they they do their Yeah. They do this cut for you, but like, I hated it. It was just, it just was so like, so now I go to a barbershop. Right. But growing up and I, like, you know, I remember like they take the buzzer up against like your neck and it's, it's like, it's like, it's like the, the buzzer is going up against your neck and you can feel like, it's like, ugh, like, oh, like you, like you, you flinch because it tickles or it itches yeah. or it just doesn't feel it's the sensation feels weird. And I thinking back on it, like she was awful. Like it, it's the first time you're getting your haircut and you're not going to like, I, I, I'm going to draw a parallel experience with my, my son and my daughter. Get this. My kids love the dentist. And you. My, my kids love the dentist because the dentist that I took them to were so different from the dentist that I grew up going to. I went to like the uncle that was like kind of a savage to me. Right. My, I go, I take, I take my kids to the dentist and this, the doctor, she, so she graduated like two classes above me in high school. I didn't even know that. So I, I met her, but she, she takes like the, the scraping tool and she like puts it on the back of my kids' hands and goes, see, this is, this is going to scrape your teeth. It feels like this. 
it might take a little bit. It might feel, it's like, she's so good with them, you know, and I'm watching her and I'm like, dang, you just took like the, the, the scraper and you made it not intimidating yep. because you, you cared to explain what you're going to do. And then like, she just, it was this whole experience. And I, and, and at the very end, they get to go shopping in the, she has like a bunch of toys from the or, or Oriental trading company, like cheap mm-hmm. 10 cent toys. And, but my kids are like, Oh my God, I'm like, I'm at, I'm at Chuck E. Cheese, you know, like I get to go choose a prize after. And they go like, you know, right after we got done, Harper goes, when can we go back? <laughs> I was like, you want to go back to the dentist? Like, that's six crazy. Months. That's crazy to me, you know? And I was like, yeah, we'll be back here in six months. She's like, oh man, like next time I'm going to get the bouncy ball or something, you know? And she's like excited on what she's going to get. And she, she likes that. She got to watch TV while she was doing it, you know, because she was yeah. distracted from what was actually happening versus me. It was like, you have a cavity or like, Oh, you gotta get your hair. Like, you have to go get your haircut versus my son. I was like, Hey, Luca, like I, I, first of all, I hyped it up like two or three days before that was going to happen. I told him it was going to happen. I built anticipation. You know, it's kind of like what John Tyson talked about. Hey son, you're going to enter manhood. And I was like, Hey, I, I was like, Hey son, we're going to go get a haircut. You know, look, look at daddy's hair. You're going to get, you're going to haircut like daddy. Um, you're going to get like a men's haircut. You're going to go to a barber shop. Um, and I was like, they're going to say bad words that we don't stay at home. It's all good though. Like, it's okay. You know, like that's just the atmosphere there. He doesn't understand what's happening. Right. Yeah. And, and um, it's just like this, you know, masculine, very overly macho like environment. Right. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, it's even funny just like seeing my son get in there and, you know, they, they, he, they had some toys there that he could play with beforehand. So I'm in the chair getting my haircut, you know, and, and then he's watching and I would think he's going to play with his toys which he did when i was sitting next to him but as soon as i got on the chair and i was getting a haircut he was like this he's mesmerized watching me get a haircut and i said hey buddy like you're gonna do this next are you excited and he's he's like you know <laughs> and she, she, you know and, and then um he gets in the chair and he is he ticklish right off the bat he is he is he's a kid it's his first haircut but like just the way that we affirmed him throughout the entire process mm-hmm. And helped him understand, like, this is a good thing you're doing. And then, like, dude, you're so handsome. Like, look at you, boy. Like, you're so handsome and stuff like that. And at the very end, like, you know, we, we took a picture together. And I, uh, I was like, you want to you wanna come back and get a haircut next time? He's like, yeah. Like, you know, and it was just like my son now likes going to the barbershop. Mm-hmm. But, but because I explained to, the, to, to him the intent of what we were doing, I created an experience around it. And now he's looking forward to this good thing that could have easily been a bad thing in his life. That was for me growing up. And so the intention and the intentionality behind what we are doing, I think is, is so key. That's so good, man. Going back to the, the, the daily grind, right? It's like, I'm a moments guy too. Like I love doing moments, right? But what I've learned, and it's like, it's not like you're, you're not the daily grind guy because you are, because you're, you make that you've, you've had to make that part of your, your, your life, right? Because you're, you're yeah. an entrepreneur. You're like, you've had to, you have to keep your business afloat. You like got to make it work, got to make it thrive, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think we shy away from thinking in those ways because we think of it as a grind. Mm-hmm. Like instead of, instead of thinking of it as like the daily moment, right? Like, like, we think in huge moments, right? Like, you know, yeah. um, huge parties and huge dinners and huge, whatever, whatever, like huge. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I'm reading, there's, there's other book that I'm reading at the same time, or I'm listening to at the same time. It's called the power of moments. And that's exactly what I just was by Dan Heath. Yeah. Should yeah, be yeah, Dan yeah. Heath. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly so like, what I was referencing. Yeah. So like I'm reading that at the same time, intentional father. I was like, Holy smokes. There's just like huge crossover. Like they're just talking about everything the same way. And, and, John's like pulling this thing in um, to make this, to make this moment for his son. Right. But it's like what spoke to me most or is what is speaking to me most about the, about the, the book is the mornings, right. Mm -hmm. The mornings with his son. It's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get up. We're going to spend time. We're going to talk. We're going to discuss the Bible. We're going to go through all these Bible studies we're going to, you know, on a weekly basis, we're going to see movies that, that, that we're going to, and we're going to discuss them. And we're going to talk about like what the values were in the movies. We're yeah. going to talk about like manliness yeah. and manhood and, and, and Christian values, et cetera, et cetera. And so 
um, that was like that, that kind of dedication day over day, week over week, month over month to last however many years it was, right? Like four or five years that this thing mm-hmm. takes for him to walk his son through. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what speaks to me because that's, I think yeah. I'm really, I'm really intentional with my person. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day, pretty much rain or shine, pretty much two, two or eight hours of sleep, right? I'll wake up and I'll do it because my body's like, hey, get up. You got to do your stuff. But like, I think I'm, I fall short on, hey, get up. You got to play with your son. Hey, get but up. I, you got to interact with kids. It, I think you're doing it right because I think it starts there. It does start like there. If you're, yeah, if no, you're, it if does you're, not, if you're not doing that for yourself, like, yeah, how are absolutely. you going to, what do you, what do you have to model? Are you like, you know, if your kids got to get to school and, at 8 a.m. and you're, you know, and you're, um, you have an hour to spend time with them when they're up. Well, if you're waking up at 745 and rushing out the door, what, kind, what are you modeling, you know? Um, and, and your kids are the one that are waking you up, right? It's like, yep. what are you modeling for them? That we stay up late so we're exhausted for the next day, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I do I, I do like what you said. And I think it is the power of the daily moment. And that's that's what I was trying to do with the Power Bible, right? It's like, I order this thing. I don't, I'm not particularly in love with reading scripture straight up and going through this. Like, I'm not, I, I would not be excited reading through like, straight up like verses with my with my kids it would be hard for me because then they would ask me really meaning like deep questions i would be like uh help <laughs> you can answer those though man you but, 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 but i think but i think having something that's like easier for he's even easier for me to follow would would be more powerful for them because <laughs> i can actually answer the questions you know like i'm reading it along with you you know and Seriously. but but i also think like you know i i thought about right my personality right away was like okay every morning we're gonna get up at 6 30 a.m we're gonna read the bible until 7 15 we have breakfast and you're gonna go to school at 7 30 every day yeah. and then i sat down and i thought about it and I, then i heard my wife's voice and i was like why don't i just start doing that on fridays and it can be a moment that we have every week and if it turns into a daily practice then it does but it starts with the regularity of doing starting it first you know? Yes. And, and like going back to what you're saying, it's like starting with me, you're like, are you doing that every day? Yeah, exactly. Right. right? It starts like, with us. Like, it's like if it would be easier to pull my, my children into a practice that I'm doing, like I do, like I'm starting to do with my son, like um, a few times, like when I go out for my like second round of cardio, he's already up and he, he's asked me a couple of times, like, he's like, daddy, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going on, I'm going on a walk, bud. You want to go with me? And he's like, yeah, okay, dad. So he'll just, he'll just put his shorts on. And for him, it's like far, like, cause I'm, I'm trucking like two and a half, three miles. Right. And yeah. for his little legs, dude, that's, that's a distance. Right. Yeah. And so he's stoked to like be with dad for like 45 minutes and, yeah. and walking and out, out in nature. And he's like seeing, he's seeing how I'm disciplining myself in yeah. that way and applying discipline in my life and he's yeah. coming along for it right yeah can, can he hang yeah man he he does well like you, you, you drop your pace a little bit for him I, I have to drop my pace a little bit <laughs> but i mean he's got little legs right he's three years old but on the way back like on the way back like he gets tired right so like maybe a quarter maybe a half of the way back i have to carry him like i have to throw him on my shoulders oh, you know okay. but like but like i mean he's doing he's doing three quarters of it by himself yeah you know? that's great and and then he takes an awesome nap after you know at, in afternoon which is the best part about it but um uh, yeah man so it's like uh i think if we can if we can i think it all goes back down to this right talking about values talking about vision talking about core values all that stuff if we can discipline ourselves enough to define our core values and then live them out da- daily, it'd be much easier to define and live them out for our family and discipline our family into our own disciplines as opposed to trying to make other people discipline themselves based on something that we arbitrarily choose. Like, don't eat meat, son, you know, whatever. hundred percent. I agree. That's, yeah, I mean, all of the, like all of the, the chain family values that we come up with are an extension of a value that is either high priority on myself or high priority on my wife or high priority for both of us. 
And, you know, we have our strengths. Like Diana feels that I'm significantly more um, generous than she is. Not that she's not that she's like not generous, but it's like radical generosity compared to her. Like I give without thinking where she is a little bit more analytical. And then I, I stretch her that way. You know, like we invited someone to live with us. That was like the ultimate act of generosity for us. We could not, like that changed our lives forever. You know, this girl was part of our lives for six months. We're supposed to be two years, but, you know, and then COVID hit. But that's, it's, it's like, who does that? You know, but it's like thinking back on that, I was like, wow, I can't believe we did that. I can't, like, if you had asked us again, if we wanted to do it, we would probably say no. Because we're not going to do it again. <laughs> You know, but in that season, like we were, we felt strongly called that this is what we're supposed to do, you know, and the hospitality, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty warm with others. My wife struggles with that because she's significantly more introverted, but, but then one, but then my wife is a spectacular host. We she's a busy body. Same. My God. Like she's, she, she like, she's so quiet, but then she'll like, once you're over, she'll like, make sure you're taken care of. And she's like, she always feels like I'm like a rude host. I'm like, how am I rude? Like I, I already invited them over. <laughs> okay, I did the big gesture. They're here. Yeah, like, like what do you want? And like, she, and she's like, "Well, you you don't just ask your guests to come and not have anything prepared for them." Like, I don't care if my guests come over and the house is messy. I don't care, I don't care. because I'm like, this is, this is what it is. I have children, whatever. Like, oh, it's either I'm it's call, clean or it's not. I'm calling you to 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 experience my life as it is, and like not. I'm not. Here yeah, to, like, but she'll my be life like, for you. "Yeah, but like you're hosting them, so you want them to like feel like it's clean." And I'm like, "I get it. That's okay. Fine." So, so I, I like that about her. And, but then we're teaching our kids, hey, hospitality, like you can't be hospitable if you can't even say hi. So can we say hi? Let's work on saying hi, guys. You know, so it's like small stuff like that. Yeah. You know, um, perseverance, like I love to start things. She loves to finish things. You know, I'm, I'm not a good finisher. I love to, I love the, I love, I'm the visionary. You know, I'm the, I'm the uh, uh, apostolic like person in our family. <laughs> It's you know, how, how similar we are, man. You know, and and but that's me. Like I, I'll do. I'll start like ten things. She's like, "Are you gonna finish any of those?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I will." And I start something else. You know, <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a drives her crazy. I'm, a, I'm a non-stop starter. Yeah, not, not so, a great finisher. Yeah, and then yeah, so it's just it's like a lot of it's like it's this hybrid of the both of us. Like integrity is important to both of us. I'm big on like 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 naming and claiming the integrity she's big on like well why don't you why don't you have integrity in the smallest things you do and i'm like dang dude like that's true that's okay. true integrity man that's that's yeah that's she just she's just like she's like 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 you talk about having integrity all this stuff like that so she's just like you shouldn't have like if you if you had like super integrity you wouldn't even have to think about whether you cheat on your wife or not like like those like you know it's like i'm like that's 100 percent not that I am, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, I, I, she's, yeah, she's I like those are, she's like, that's such a, like, when you're there, you already, like, the fact that you're even there, like, you have no integrity by then, you know, it's like, I'm like, that's fair, you know, so she's just really straightforward and, you know, she, she, uh, she's a good match for me, man, so. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to We The Trust this week. You can connect with us further on Instagram at We The Trust. You can connect with Eric at Coach Eric Freedom and with Mario at the Mario Quesada. We appreciate you guys coming by. Don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel. We will see you next time. God bless.